Well, did anyone say on Wednesday morning, I hope New South Wales wins tonight? Who, who's, who likes State of Origin? Who reckons State of Origin is stupid? Man, you guys are quiet. Who likes State of Origin? Who reckons State of Origin is stupid? Louder. Any Queenslanders in here? <laughs> Any... <laughs> Any New South Wales supporters in here? Well, I wonder if on Wednesday morning you woke up and you thought this. If you, if you care about this stuff, I hope, guys, I hope New South Wales wins tonight. I wonder if you woke up and thought that. And I wonder if you had any confidence about it at all or whether it was just kind of wishful thinking. I hope they win, but... Based on past experience, they probably won't. Guys, what about this one? I hope I'll go to heaven. I reckon most Australians think that. Do you think they have any confidence that they will? See, there's two problems to having confidence about that. Number one, how do you know that God will say you're good enough to get in? That's always the question, isn't it, when it comes to getting into heaven? How good is good enough? You kind of hope that you're good enough. But do you have any confidence about it? But number two, even if, you, even if you are good enough now, how do you know that something won't happen to you between now and then that will stop you making it in? How do you know you're not going to just stuff it up at some point in the future? How do you know you're not going to give up? You want to make it to the end. You want to make it in, but how do you know do you have any confidence? I hope New South Wales win. I hope I go to heaven. I think most Australians hope that. But I don't think they've any got real conf- they've, any of them have got real confidence. And I wonder about you tonight. Do you have any real confidence that you'll go to heaven? That if you died right now, you'd be good enough? Or that nothing will happen to you right between now and when you get there that might stop you making it in? That's the question we're asking tonight. How can I have that kind of confidence? If you like big words, the word is assurance. The confidence that I'll definitely get there. 100% I'll be there in heaven. And you guys need to hear this tonight because some of you think you're going, but you're not. Others of you could have this confidence and it's the best thing ever when you have that confidence. Now, I don't know how you could possibly care about anything more than what will happen to you forever and ever and ever? Will it be pure bliss forever? Or will it be misery without end? How can I have confidence that I will be saved and go to heaven? That's what this part of God's word is all about. And the big thing that we're going to see tonight is this. If you've been justified, you can be confident that you'll be saved. You know you'll make it to heaven and you know nothing will stop you on the way. Now I'll ask you a question as we get into this. What do you think will be the most awesome thing in the world to have? Some options are going to come up on the screen and I want you to vote, okay? Uh, Option number one, unlimited ski tickets to all of the ski resorts in the world. Who thinks that would be the best thing to have? Nobody. One. Okay. Number two, the ability to make New South Wales finally win a series. One. Okay. A mansion on the beach with passenger Daft Punk, Mumford and Sons and Ed Sheeran living in there. A couple of people. Who reckons something else you got in your head would be better than that? 
And some of you guys don't reckon anything's going to be awesome. I don't understand that. Wake up! Okay, thank you. Well, guys, tonight, tonight we're going to see something that is more awesome than all of those things put together. But I want you guys to listen to me. I don't understand what's going on tonight, guys. The best thing in the world is to be justified. Now, I know that every week we have new people coming in here, and I'm stoked you're here, and so don't worry if you don't understand what I just said. I'll explain it. But here's point number one. If you trust Jesus, you have been justified. Tonight we've landed right in the middle of a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Rome, and the reason he starts, that's why he starts with the word therefore, because it's right in the middle. Have a look at verse number one. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, he's about to hit up his big conclusion, therefore, but along the way, he kind of summarizes what he's been saying. And so if you weren't around last year when we dug through the first four chapters of Romans, here's a summary. Since you have been justified through faith, packed into those six beautiful, beautiful words are the first four chapters of this letter. And they are beautiful words. We have been justified by faith. What's that saying? Justified. Okay, the picture you need to have in your head is of a judge in a court banging down and saying, not guilty. That's what the word justified means. It means declared righteous, 100% good, if you like, innocent. And I'll tell you what, if you are in court on trial, there'd be nothing better than hearing that. Not guilty. You'd be stoked. Now, do you remember in primary school, um, your teachers used to have like lists on the board? You got like the bad list and the good list, okay? And if you were like Reese, you'd be on the bad list, okay? And if you were like um, probably, probably Big Tom here, you'd be on the good list, okay? If you were, I don't know, who's on the bad list? Who? Charters, bad list. Charter boat, okay? And so there's a bad list and there's a good list. Now, here's what justified means. Are you ready for this? Justified means your name is taken off the bad list and chucked on the good list. That's the word justified. And here, it's talking about God declaring you righteous. God saying that you are 100% good. But do you see a problem with that happening? If God looked at my life, would he see someone who's been 100% good? I'm not innocent. If you don't know me, you'll find that out soon enough. I'm not someone who's righteous. And in this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, Paul's actually already argued that. He's actually said, no one is righteous. Chapter 1, he says that none of us have any excuse for rejecting God because the fact that God exists is obvious. We all know it deep down in our hearts, whether or not we admit it. And actually, we can also see it in the world that he's made. You look at it, you go, who do you think made that? Now, there's more evidence for God than that. And we won't go into that tonight. But that's enough. It's a big sign saying there is a creator. But we've all rejected him. We've all rejected the God that made us and said this to God. Stuff you. I don't want you to run my life. That's the point that Paul made in chapter 2. We've all broken God's laws. We've got them written in the Bible. We've got them written on our hearts, actually. You all know 
uh, when you're doing the wrong thing. And yet we do it anyway. Now, I wonder whether we can graph it. I thought we'd try and graph this. Imagine you had like a goodness graph. And down here you got worst ever, which I've defined as murderous rampage. There's possibly worse things than that. And up here you got innocent. 100% always obey God's law. Okay? Um, now, I'll, I'll try and plot my day today. I think probably I didn't kill too many people. So I'm above that. I'm probably, you know, I'm not, I definitely didn't always obey God's law. So I'm probably something there. Okay, that's today. Tomorrow, let's say I like buckle down. I'm going to do everything exactly right. How good do you reckon I'm going to go? Have you ever tried to do that? Try and do everything exactly right for a whole day? Probably not much better. And then the next day, because I'm worn out from that, I'm like down here. And then I just like, oh, give up. Let's just like go kill some people. And like (laughs) more people. And then like, you know, this is, does that look like anyone else's life to you? Some days are better, some days are worse, but basically, basically that's the graph. Now, looking at that graph, what do you think the verdict is going to be on Judgment Day? Is it going to be innocent for you? No way. We've all fallen short of the standards. You got that there? Are we good enough for God? That's the big question, isn't it? Well, in chapter 3 of of Romans, Paul gave the answer. And he said, no. We're all guilty. Now, you may never have heard this before, but the Bible says that you and I are guilty of breaking God's law. That's me. That's you. That's every single human being. And there's a punishment for breaking God's law. And the punishment must be paid. A judge in a courtroom who just lets off a guilty person That wouldn't be a good judge. And God is a good judge. He's not going to let our sin go unpunished. And so here's the question. How can I be justified? If we're standing trial before God, we're guilty. But this verse says that we can be justified. Do you remember what that means? Declared 100% good, righteous, innocent. How can God look at me and declare me innocent? How can God say that? We'll have a look at verse 1. Keep your Bibles open. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus. It's through what Jesus did on the cross. It's because Jesus paid our punishment. Has anyone here used a magnifying glass to zap ants? I used to go outside on a sunny day onto the front steps and I'd grab my magnifying glass. And here's the scientific explanation of this. Ready? Magnifying glasses... They suck the sun okay, down into like one little point and they focus it all. And so if you're good, you can like focus it on an ant and you can zap it. I would never have done that, of course. Well, you know, as Jesus hung on the cross, as Jesus hung on the cross, girls, As Jesus hung on the cross, it's like there was a big magnifying glass over his head. And all of the punishment for all of the sins that you will ever commit, past, present, and future, were all focused in on one point, on one man, in one moment. And he took the full force of that punishment. And if our punishment has already been paid, then God can look at us and say, it's been dealt with. 
Your sin has been paid for. It's gone. And you are no longer guilty. And you are innocent. And you are justified because I have declared you righteous because your sin has already been paid for. It's like this, okay? We already saw that this is my life. Do you know what Jesus' life would look like if you drew Jesus' life? It looked like this. Because he never sinned. He never did anything wrong. And here's what happened on the cross. Jesus said here, you take my line. And I'll take yours. And I'll pay for yours. And you can have my righteousness, my goodness. That's what happened on the cross. So it's not even that you go back to square zero like you never did anything. It's actually that you go into goodness. You've actually, it's like you've never done anything wrong and you've also done everything right. That's what Jesus did on the cross. That's what happens when God justifies someone. He's giving them Jesus' righteousness, his goodness, and he says, I declare you good, 100% good. Now, this is amazing. If you've got two brain cells that you could rub together, you'd want to know, how the heck can I get this? I don't care what I have to do. I'll donate my kidney if I have to. I'll eat poo. I'll even... I'll even babysit Jono's baby if, it, if that's what it takes. I'm sure that will be fun. But I guess I'm never going to do it now. <laughs> the answer in this passage, how can we get this justification? Look at verse 1. Therefore, since, you have been, since we have been justified through faith. How do you get justified? It's by Faith, that's it. Now what's faith? It's faith in Jesus. It's faith that Jesus has done what it takes to save you. It's knowing what he's done. It's believing that he's done it. And it's trusting that he's done it for you. You know, um, if you ever went down to Woi Woi Pool for a little day trip and you started to drown, Okay, And the lifeguard reaches in and grabs you and he says to me, not this ever happened, it didn't, uh, he says, do you trust me? Do you know how you know that someone trusts that lifeguard? They stop panicking. They stop thrashing around and they relax because they know he's got me. That's what it looks like to trust Jesus. You know what he's done on the cross and you know he's got you covered. And so you stop thrashing around trying to be good enough on your own and you relax. Jesus will save me. That's faith. And if you put your trust in Jesus, your faith in Jesus, then because of his perfect life and his death on the cross, you have been justified. Not you will be justified in the future. Have a look at verse 1 again. Since we have been justified right now, present tense. In this very moment, if you trust Jesus, you have been justified. You are right now 100% good. Right now, this is your line. This is how God sees you. The moment that you put your trust in Jesus to save you, the moment that you grab onto him spiritually and say in your heart, Jesus, I trust you to save me. 
If you trust Jesus, you have been justified. Now, if you came here tonight thinking Christianity is all about being good enough, well, if you've listening, you've realized that's not what the Bible says at all. In fact, it says just the opposite. It says no matter how good you've been, no matter how good you've been, if your faith is in Jesus, you're 100% sweet with God. Whether you've had a good day or a bad day, all you need to do, all you need to do, is put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our God, our King, to save you. Now, that doesn't take a lot of effort. It isn't lifting your foot or your finger. It's just trust. You don't need to have a lot of money to trust. You don't need to go to university to trust. You might be the bottom of your class, but you can trust. You might be the biggest sinner, but you can trust. Anyone could trust. A little kid could trust. But that's what God's word says it takes to be justified. Verse 1, we have been justified through faith. Now, do you know what lots of you guys are trusting in? You're trusting in yourselves, that you'll be good enough for God, but there's no use looking there. You'll never find any comfort because you're not good enough for God. Look at Jesus. Put your trust in him. And can I urge you, do it tonight. If you've never trusted in Jesus before, trust in him. Because if you trust in Jesus, you have been justified. Now, do you remember I said this was the most awesome thing in the world? More awesome than unlimited ski tickets to all the ski resorts in the world? More awesome than a mansion with, that's Passenger, if you don't know what Passenger looks like, and that's Daft Punk and Ed Sheeran and Mumford and & Sons and a ski resort. It's more awesome than even if you combine all those things together. Well, the question I want to ask right now is what's so awesome about it? What's so good about being justified? Maybe if you've been listening, you think, actually, that already sounds pretty good. Despite the way I've lived, God declares me righteous, 100% good. That's awesome. Buddy, we're just scratching the surface. All we've done so far, actually, is summarize the first four chapters of this book. But here in chapter 5, the letter turns a corner. And it actually starts to unpack the awesome consequences of being justified. And I'm devastated. We won't have time to go through all of them tonight. That's actually one of the reasons I'm so pumped to dig into Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 with you guys this term because they're amazing chapters of the Bible. They're packed full of promises. And it's all based on this. It's all based on the fact that we have been justified by faith. So make sure you get into your daily reading notes, you get along to G-Teams, you keep coming along each week because I don't want you guys to miss, you shouldn't want to miss what God has to say to us this term. But let me give you a bit of a taste. What's so good about being justified? Well, here's point number two. And don't worry, the next two are quicker. Number two, because we've been justified, we have peace with God. Look at verse number one there. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Now, when I was little, I used to lie in bed at night, awake, and hate thinking about God. I felt like I should pray, but I hated even the thought of it because I thought this. I thought, God must be so disappointed with me. And actually, at the time, I was right. But here's the question. Does God look at you and frown? Well, this verse says, if you've been justified, you've got peace with God. God isn't standing far away with his back to you. And a big frown on his face. He's right there next to you with his arms wide open and his 
his eyes full of love, and there's a big smile on his face. Guys, peace with God, it means there's no hostility anymore. There's no anger. But more than that, it's actually, it's not just the absence of war. It's also the presence of friendship. If you haven't been justified, if your faith is not in Jesus to save you, the Bible says that you and God are enemies. He's actually angry at you for what you've done. You're not friends with God. But if you have put your trust in Jesus, you are justified. You're up on that line up there, Jesus' line. And because you're justified, you've got peace with God. You're now in a relationship with God. So guys, do you guys enjoy the relationship you've got with God? You know the God of the universe. I used to walk outside and look at the stars. um, And one time there was a, a guy there with me and I was like, I know the guy that made that. We've got a relationship with the God of the universe. So guys, enjoy that relationship. Talk to him, love him, spend time with him. Now, can I encourage you guys? If you've been struggling as a Christian, you know you've done some bad things. Your line lately, well, it's somewhere down here. You feel like you must be very far away from God. But do you trust in Jesus? If you do, let me encourage you. Because when God looks at you, do you know what line he sees? He sees the line that you really are. He sees this one. Because he's justified you. You've been declared righteous. You've been given Jesus' righteousness. And so it actually doesn't matter whether your line down here does this or this. It doesn't matter whether it goes up or down. In fact, it doesn't depend on you at all. That's your line, and it's all because of Jesus. If you trust in Jesus, you have been justified, and because you've been justified, you've got peace with God. No matter what sort of a day you've had. No matter what sort of a week you've had, or what sort of a month you've had. And so if you feel very far from God, do you know that's not the reality? The reality is if you trust Jesus, you are righteous. You have peace with God. And so tonight, be encouraged. Repent, turn from your sin. And draw near to God with confidence that he sees you as 100% good. There's one of the most awesome things about being justified through faith. And I want to show you one more before we finish. Because we started by asking the question, can we be confident that we'll make it into heaven? And here's point number three. If you've been justified, you can be confident that you will be saved. Not just that if I died right now, I'd make it into heaven. That's true. Because Jesus has given us his righteousness, we're innocent. There's nothing to be punished for. And so if you put your trust in Jesus tonight, you will go to heaven. But that's not all I'm saying. As well as that, we can become confident that even if we live another 80 years, even if we live another 150 years, we'll make it to the end. And nothing will get in the way of us making it to heaven. God will help us to keep trusting in Jesus until the end. And that's what the rest of this passage unpacks. So verse number 2, at the end of the verse it says, And we boast, have a look, verse number 2. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast. It's the same word 
as rejoice. It's something to be stoked about, something to celebrate. It's, you know, that thing you can't stop talking about, that thing that you're just walking around, you're like, yes, just do a fist bump, you're like, you jump for no reason, you can't stop smiling. What about? It's a hope. Not the wishful thinking kind of hope, like a hope it's not raining tomorrow. No, not that. Solid hope. A sure and certain hope. Something good in the future that you're confident about. I know that it will happen. That kind of hope. Now, hope of what? The verse there, it says the glory of God. Seeing God's glory in heaven. And so this is about heaven. At its simplest, it's rejoicing in the hope that you know for sure that you're going to be there. But actually, over the next couple of chapters, Paul fleshes it out a bit more, and you realize it's not just the hope of being there, it's the hope of seeing God's glory. In fact, it's more than that as well. It's actually the hope of sharing in God's glory. We'll be transformed. It's going to be good. But how do we know that that hope is certain? Well, two reasons. First, number five, hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Reason number one, God's given us a deposit, like a guarantee that he will finish what he started in us, and the Holy Spirit is the deposit. And he's come to live in our, in our heart, and he helps us to realize that God loves us, and he helps us to keep trusting in Jesus. The second reason is in verses 6 to 11, and it's a bit more complicated, but basically what Paul says is, look what he did for you when you were still his enemy. He died for you. He justified you, declared you righteous, 100% good. If he did that for you while you were his enemy, don't you think he'll look after you now, now that you're righteous, now that you're his friend? That's his argument. Are you ready for this? Verse number six. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will someone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die but God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us and since we have now been justified by his blood how much more will we be saved from God's wrath through him for if while we were his enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life do you follow that? Because we've been justified, we can be confident that we'll be saved. If he did all of that for us while we were his enemies, now that we're his friends, don't you think he'll look after you? Don't you think he'll make sure that you make it? Don't you think that he'll help you to keep trusting Jesus until the day you die? So now that doesn't mean, by the way, that you can just like go crazy and ignore God. Because the way he'll get you there is actually by helping you to listen to him and to keep trusting in him. But can you be confident that you'll be saved? Well, if you trust in Jesus, you have been justified. And because you've been justified, you can be confident that you will be saved. Well, what do we do with that? As we finish, I've got three things for you. Ready for this? Trust, rejoice and tell. I tried to think of a T, but I couldn't think of one. So here we go. Number one, trust Jesus. If you haven't already put your trust in Jesus, what are you doing? Put your trust in him tonight. And if you have put your trust in Jesus, 
Keep trusting him. Don't ever let him go. Number two, rejoice. You're justified. You've got peace with God. You're confident that you'll be saved and make it into heaven. Verse 2 says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We celebrate. We rejoice. We're stoked. Verse 3 says, not only so, but we also glory. That's the same word. Rejoice, celebrate. We glory in our sufferings. Even when we suffer, we have this hope and nothing compares with it. And verse 11, not only this, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Same word, boast, rejoice, celebrate. It's the best thing of all. So the best thing of all isn't heaven. The best thing of all is God. And so be stoked that you know God. Do you know this section of Romans? It's like an introduction to some of the things that we're going to be looking at this term, the theme of assurance, how nothing can separate us. And it's something to rejoice about. I'm stoked that we get to dig into it this term. But number three, tell. This is the most urgent message in the world. We need to get this message out so that people can put their trust in Jesus and be saved. Do you know there's, there's no bigger favor you can do for someone than to tell them this? If you think about it, it's not that hard. They just need to understand this and they just need to trust Jesus. So guys, tell this to your friends. Invite them here so that they can hear about Jesus. Do whatever it takes to get this message out. Nothing matters as much as getting this message out. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that we have been justified by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that because of that we got peace with God. Thank you that because of that we can be confident that we will make it and we'll share in your glory. We'll see you for who you are and we'll be transformed to be like you and we thank you for that. And Father, we pray please that you would help us to be people who trust. I pray for anyone in this room who would like to be saved Pray that they would trust in Jesus right now. Um, and I pray, Lord, that there'd be many more, that this term we'd see many people come to trust in Jesus. I pray that you'd help us to tell, and I pray that all the, all the way we'll be rejoicing. In Jesus' name, amen.